Welcome to New Mommy at 40, a honest, informative, and non-judgmental podcast for those navigating to and through parenthood in their 40s. Today's topic is being a one-and-done parent. This is trending, folks. It's not uncommon to find families who have chosen to be one-and-done, but for those of us who are over 40 and may have had something a little different in mind for our families, this can be a really difficult place to arrive. We'll explore both paths today. But before we do, welcome back to all our friends who've been listening. And if you're new, hit the follow subscribe button now so you don't miss an episode. All right, here we go. It didn't happen in my 20s. Who cares? Now I've got all this fancy wisdom to share. Hey, I've got this baby. You're getting the best of me. Whether you've chosen to be, or you've found yourself to being a one and done parent, it's a pretty big deal. I know this personally because I've just accepted the reality that I am going to be a one and done parent. And it was really hard. I'm still really wrapping my head around the vision that I had for myself. So I wanted to do this episode so that those who have not chosen to be can maybe see their story in mine and also uplift those who have chosen to be and are over 40 and validate that decision. I think what what I'm finding ironically is that as much as I wanted another child, there are days these days, folks, with a child that's three, I'm like, ooh, could I have done it? And I think ultimately I know that if it did happen, I would have figured it out and I probably would have had these beautiful stories of how amazing it is. And yes, the hard days are hard, but it's worth it. But the fact is, my body, my biology, my age um, are just not in alignment with my wishes. And this past year of getting pregnant again in December, so, you know, if you're, if you're not aware of my story, um, I'll tell you now. And if you are, you can just probably skip ahead for the next 10 seconds. I'm going to wrap it up in that amount of time. But my husband and I had uh, a chemical pregnancy prior to our now um, natural birth, natural pregnancy um, with our daughter, followed by a twin miscarriage, followed by two rounds of IVF that did not make it even to transfer due to abnormalities in the chromosomes, and then another natural pregnancy just this past December that uh, ended in miscarriage uh, around the six-week period. So, obviously, we tried, and we even, you know, went to the, we decided to try assisted reproductive technology and treatment, which also was not in the books for us. And it's been really difficult to accept that my body, as much as I try to take care of it, I'm at the gym, I'm eating well, um, just couldn't do that. And I accept that aspect and it just wasn't in the cards from that sense. 
However, what I've been really having a a hard time accepting has been that my husband changed his mind uh, in the middle of another IVF round. Now, I think it's really important to say that people can, you're totally allowed to change your mind on this. And that's normal. I think what was hard was it happening when it did. And wondering how much ownership do I have to take for someone else's decision? Um, Do I say if someone asks me, oh, no, I wanted one, but my husband didn't want any more. That felt like too much information for something that was, you know, internal and private, Uh, even though I'm telling you about it, that, that felt like a little bit much because eventually, and it was a very difficult time for us here in this house, um, when that came up and how it came up, it came up in an argument and, and, but I'm grateful for the truth at the end of the day, however it came. And I know that our, our marriage is stronger for it. And I appreciate the honesty. And in knowing that it just didn't seem feasible to move forward with an IVF round if we weren't both on the same page. But, you know, going through IVF at age 40, I'll be 45 in June now. Um, it's a, it's, it's a pinnacle point, right? Because insurance uh, starts to not want to cover IVF, uh, some insurance plans for those who are, you know, 45 and up, they'd rather, uh, support you in getting an egg donor, which wasn't something that I particularly want to do though. I, I, my hat's off to those who have done that. Um, and then also just coming after that miscarriage and having the conversation about giving it one more go, because I think with our insurance plan, we literally had one more attempt, um, being that we did too. So it felt like leaving money at the table, literally, like just saying, here you go. Oh, and, and on top of it, our, with our insurance plan, it's fully covered. So it, it was really hard to walk away from all of that on the table. And I can't honestly say that I won't look back and wonder. I think that will always be something that comes up for me every once in a while. But I have to say in the last few months, I've really come to a place of acceptance with that reality because I think it's made it a little easier for me to do so because honestly, my body did um, not respond very well to the IVF and we tried, we really did. And we keep having these reoccurring miscarriages. And one of the things that we did come to uh, finally was the concern for my health. You know, when he said it, I'm concerned about your health. I'm concerned what you're putting your body through. I am concerned that uh, I actually has over time trumped the just not wanting to have another child, uh, as, as he mentioned. So I think 
for me, one and done uh, was another grieving period. I remember having to call the fertility uh, treatment center to let them know that we weren't moving. And literally, we were scheduled for the start of our uh, this round in just three weeks, two weeks time from when this all um, kind of <laughs> exploded, uh, for lack of a better word. And, you know, that was a little traumatic to call and have to be the one to, you know, let them know that, it's, you know, we're not going forward with it. Um, the geneticists, I had to call and cancel that appointment. It was really rough. It was really rough. However, I do respect my husband's position as um, someone who cares for me. And also, you know, he has two older children. And I think in the beginning, having plenty of kids with me was definitely something that he wanted. I mean, we've had names picked out and everything um, from before we even had kids. We had multiple children's names picked out. I think that was definitely something that was in his heart to do. But as time went on, it just didn't didn't unfold the way that we planned with such difficulty. I think it was easier for him to just say, then this isn't happening. I just have a hard time giving up <laughs> in everything um, since as a, as a kid in uh, relationships and just everything. I've, I, it takes me some time before I say, okay, I'm done. I'm done. There's nothing else to do. And I really felt like there was one more round in there for us. Um, but evidently that is not in our plans. Now, are we taking any extreme measures to not have a kid on our own though? No, I am concerned about any future miscarriages um, because that can happen more often if you're not using any type of protection. It's a possibility that that's something that we may have to, that I may have to deal with down the line and may, it does affect my health, right? The, the, the center of part of his concerns in having another one was my health and th that does affect my health. So we'll have to make some decisions there, but I don't think either of us would, we wouldn't be upset if it just happened naturally. So we'll see what that, what, what happens for us. But I wanted to share that with you to, uh, you know, just give those of you who also find themselves, if you find yourself in this position of, you know, one and done, not necessarily by your choice. And it's just the reality of your circumstance that you're not alone. You're not alone. <laughs> and like I said, with everything that I just told you about my history, I, I I have to say, as time goes on, I'm just like, whoa, do I have the bandwidth for another kid? Would I? I'd like to think that I would. But as more time goes on, I'd love to have this conversation with those who, you know, have a big gap between children, especially mothers or anyone who's carried children that far apart. How do you find yourself back on that bike? to like do it all over again. I would rather just get it like done, like boom, 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 you know, one year apart, two year apart max. Um, it's a little rough, I think, um, having more of that gap or a wider gap in pregnancies. I don't know. That's I can only 
imagine because I'm not there. Um, but so whether you've chosen not to, now, if you've chosen not to, what I've found is that it's usually a financial decision or financial circumstance that makes you think there's just not a lot to go around and children are expensive and to keep adding to our family may not be the most financially sound decision for us. What I've seen is it's usually either financial or a difference of opinion. Sometimes it's just preference. My child doesn't need someone else. And then obviously fertility health. So and kind of the cons, I think, of being a one and done. I, I came up with a list of being one and done in this particular community, of being over 40 or trying to conceive, respectively, is prepping yourself for the whys. It, it's hard enough. You get the whys anyway, right? We all get the whys. Oh, why are you waiting? Why'd you wait so long? Or Oh, why don't try? Why don't you try for another one? Uh, don't let much time pass, and all those whys. I think after you find yourself being one and done, and you know your you and your partner know that there's just that's just it. Nothing is, else is happening. To to get a why question is just like actually, I think it will help me. This platform will help if any of my family members listen to it um, to maybe. Um, help me by not bringing any, you know, not bringing up the subject of if I'm still taking my prenatal vitamins and if we're still trying and because it brings up a lot of emotions from time to time for me. Um, And then there are times, you know, when when I'm prepping myself for the possibility of this question, I find myself just saying, oh, well, we tried and we couldn't and it happened. Or, you know, days when I was angry with my husband, I just wanted to say, well, because he doesn't want to try anymore. Um, and, you know, I'm, I've just removed the expectation of myself of having a script. I'm just being able to say whatever I want to say at that time. And that that seems to have helped me to just not place any expectation on myself. The other thing is letting go of that plan the wish, I wish I had started earlier. What happens is when I go to these um, parties, the parties, all the parties for the toddlers, when you look around, you find yourself being the only one with one child there and everyone seems to have multiples. It's like two, three or one and she's pregnant. It's, I wouldn't say it's hard because I truly, especially in this platform, I truly am so excited for people who are able to continue to build their families and harbor no resentment or anything. Um, If anything, I just go inward. I never say, how come they're having a baby and I can't? It's just what happens, what usually happens is I say, I wish I could have done that. I wish I could have two. What would they look like? You know, oh, that would have been such a great age gap. Oh, look at her. She's so enjoying playing with that baby. I wish I could have given her one. She would have been an amazing big sister. That's what comes to to mind. So uh, that's another aspect of being one and done, um, not by choice. That's hard to navigate. Um, Then there's the whole thing about who is my child going to play with and lean on when she gets older? 
when we are older. I think that is the part truly is, I think that's the hardest part to swallow is who's going to be her ace, you know? This especially is is difficult as an older parent. There's, there's this idea um, when you're looking at the family planning aspect, like, oh, it would have been great if like she had someone with her and to move through life together that is her family. But then you, you see people who have, you know, children, multiple children, and the multiple children don't even talk to each other. <laughs> they're all estranged and they're doing their own thing. And, you know, it's only one of the kids helping mom out in the end anyway, and, you know, taking responsibility. So there's really no guarantee, right? But I think for a long time, I identified as a mother of multiples that would be there for each other uh, in case, you know, me and my husband are no longer with them and of her, what her future looks like outside of us. Something else I was um, thinking of when I was preparing for this episode that came up was um, how precious time is with her now that I know that she's one and done, that I'm one and done and she's the last one. And it's tricky because there are times where that feels really good. It keeps me in the moment, really present with her. And then when she's having tantrums or doing something that really upsets me, I find sometimes that I use that precious time, the fact that I won't have this time again as a way to kind of get through the moment. But then sometimes I feel like it's not honoring my my own feeling. Like it comes back to that. But you should be grateful. You should be grateful that you even have her. Like, why are you complaining? It 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 sometimes diminishes the space that I allow for my allow myself to just feel something. Um, but overall, I would rather spend my time being grateful for the time that we have together than thinking about anything else. I so it does. It, it is something that I, I think about daily about how precious time is because there are moments that I, I wouldn't say I missed because she was a pandemic baby. So I was with her all the time, but there are just moments that I thought, oh, it's not a, that big of a deal um, because for the next one, I'll get to do that. I think, for example, breastfeeding. I really enjoyed breastfeeding her and it was a really special time for us. But I remember when it started to get a little pain, more painful, annoying, I think I was ready to stop, but I was, I had put a, you know, a goal uh, out there that I was going to do it until she was two. And my stubbornness (laughs) with my goal kept me doing it despite me feeling uncomfortable, but she really enjoyed it. And once I did it, I really enjoyed, you know, the moments with her, but I had to stop um, because when I got pregnant uh, with the twins, there was an issue with, um, I think it was prolactin that I needed to um, produce that they were saying I needed to probably stop because my HCG levels were so low. And that was probably contributing to that. 
And I just wasn't ready to do it. It was funny, like all this time I'm like, oh, I think I'm done, I think I'm done. And then it happened and I thought, I don't wanna be done. Not yet, don't make me do this. And, but for the health of the twins, I, I, I did it and it just felt so abrupt. But I remember thinking, oh, it's okay. You know, even after that miscarriage, when the next kids come, whether it was the IVF cycles or naturally, I'll, I'll do it longer. And so the reality of these things that I said, or I thought I had more time or another chance to do, and that I don't have those chances anymore, are, is sad to me. I also am preparing in my head for the day that she asks me, why do I have a little sister? Because she has older siblings, but they're 19 years apart. So I feel even more so in those times comes up that will be, you know, a tender moment to say, you know, well, we tried um, and, you know, tell her the story, but a great learning opportunity, right? To, to teach her that not everything happens the way that we plan it to. And, you know, we gave it a great try and you are our precious one and we're so happy to have you and so thankful. One of the things I did for a long time was save baby clothes and items uh, for the next one. And we recently just moved into a new house and that was a really big purge for me. Something that um, I would have done eventually, but I I think I did one round of this. If you notice, uh, if you follow me on Instagram, I did this uh, sometime last year. I went through the toys because the toys were getting out of control in her play area anyway. So it really uh, motivated me to sit down and get rid of some. And I realized that most of the ones that were just kind of floating in there and taking up space were literally infant toys that I hadn't gotten rid of. And I, I think, you know, deep down, I just didn't want to. I wanted to keep them there. You know, she has this table that is a two-seater. And for the longest time, when I bought it, I thought, oh, that's because you know, when her siblings comes, they'll be able to sit at that table together. So looking at that too, you know, that extra chair sometimes, um, it, it's hard. And so was going through the baby to the baby toys. But this time around, it was toys, it was clothes, it was books, it was shoes. Um, it was uh, strollers and car seats and um, just everything associated with, you know, baths, like little bathtubs. And it was really difficult to, to do that. But once I did it and I found loving homes for them, for all the items, it felt like a big weight off my shoulders. I felt really relieved. I felt like I was taking giant steps forward. I was accepting this new reality and it just made me just grateful. I went through what I what I would advise if you find yourself in that particular situation. Um, these are just some suggestions, some things that I did was I kept things that I knew she wore in those first in that first year, like special ones that I took pictures of, you know, and sent to family. I kept those outfits as much as I could um, that I could find. And 
I also took pictures. I took pictures of some of the items that you may not have room to you know, to keep, but that would be special enough to share with your child and say, hey, you know, you used to play with this toy and this is one of your first drawings. Um, and this is, I used to bathe you in this all the time. It's even in this picture, look at it. You know, um, just so that you can have another way to keep it with you in your heart, but not physically hang on to the item. And my intent is to make an album so that she can see all her little art um, that she created without keeping an actual physical copy of the art. So maybe that will help. And then they have these great groups on Facebook, Buy Nothing, um, Giving Communities, where you can literally look up in your area if they have one. Uh, It's usually Buy Nothing in the name of your town or your city. And you can gift these items to someone who is expecting and you can choose who you give it to. So if someone just their story or something about them really resonates with you, it's one way to have those items live outside of your home in a really great home. That was really helpful. What has also been interesting is sometimes I've been triggered by my husband and you so your partner may do this and uh, you know a word of advice is just take that moment whatever you feel is completely validated and if it doesn't need to start world war 3 cuz I I I I honestly don't think it was at all meant to hurt it was just a just a, a comment for you know so what happened was we went to this museum and we discovered oh this membership and we said oh yeah we'd love to you know um do this membership and of course you look at all the options and there was a, a one for a family with two children or more and it was cheaper and my husband's like oh man the cheap the membership for the two or more children is cheaper. Too bad we don't have another kid. And I'm like, yeah, because you won't let me try again. (laughs) And I remember thinking, I remember being so angry at that moment. I'm like, duh, like, why would you say this to me? But it wasn't malicious. It was just a little absent-minded maybe, but not malicious. And I, I allowed myself, I was really quiet. I needed the time to just kind of let that sit, this trigger. But ultimately, you have to sometimes not just give yourself grace, but give grace to others in their their moments of ignorance uh, or you know their blind spots, if you will. Some of the pros um, in being a one and done for me have been, uh, you know, I'm realizing that she's going to get all of my attention, all of it. It all it belongs all to her. No splitting. I mean, it's hard enough you know, with the podcast and everything else that I'm doing, sometimes I feel like I'd like to give her more time, more of myself, but there's nothing like dividing your attention and focus on more than one. Really looking forward to just giving her all of myself, all that I can. And it's time to create a special bond of just she and I. Travel, I think will be uh, simpler in a lot of ways because I mean, it must be easier to navigate <laughs> with one than more, right? It's cheaper 
For sure. I mean, I think that's where I can empathize with those who have decided to be one and done. It's much cheaper to have just one child. And traveling, you know, ticket prices are just so expensive for airfare, for amusement parks. So it might be a little easier to travel. Um, The bottom line is for me now accepting being a one and done mom is still a journey. I still feel uh, this void in not having another one. But I have to be honest and say that I'm seeing a lot of the benefits of just having her. So much time has gone on now that I, I truly, like I said in the beginning, I just don't Sometimes there are days I just don't see how, how, how could I have managed that? Especially now that she's three in these tantrums, these tantrums, folks, whoa, are <laughs> kicking my butt. Um, but I, I feel I have more time to deal with them. I can literally gentle parent all I want <laughs> without thinking, okay, and now back to this kid. Like I really can pour so much uh, into this relationship that I'm going to take advantage of the opportunity or the circumstance that's been handed to me. And I think that's, I think that's the key to almost everything, right? That doesn't exactly happen to, you know, happen in the way that you wished it to is what are you going to do to thrive in spite of? And I definitely know that it is not a desire of mine to to continue this, oh, I wish, I wish, I wish, because I'm so grateful for what I have right now. I really am. I think, like I said, my biggest concern, I think went from wanting to be the multiple mom or mom of multiples to, I just want her to have someone to now, you know, who ne- who says she needs someone? Maybe she'll look back and go, oh, I'm so glad that you didn't have another kid. I got all of your attention and I loved it. Maybe that's what she'll say. So I can't really, you know, live in this space of wish, you know, shoulda, coulda, wouldas. Because I know ultimately everything is going to be all right, just as it's it's meant to be. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful to have this platform to talk it out and, and to share. And if you, I'd love to hear from you. Are you uh, one and done by choice? I'd love to have you on the show if you are 35 and up or you know 40 and up and you've decided uh, you had your one and you decided that's it right from the get-go. I don't want any more kids. I'd love to hear how you came to that conclusion. What were your, you know, um, what was the driving force behind making that decision? And if you are like me and finding yourself here, I'm here with you, sis. It's, we're going to get through it and find, uh, you know, on your own, in your own communities on Facebook, Uh, one and done groups. There are plenty of them um, in your area that provide, you know, just another space to talk and support each other, arrange play dates with each other 
and you know avoid <laughs> the whys or talk about the you know the questions that you, you that you may get. Um, you know, there you're, you know, in those in those spaces, no one's asking. So if that's something that speaks to you, I definitely recommend finding uh, your group of one and dones in your area. Um, that's it for this episode. Uh, I'd love to hear what you thought. Please leave a review as well. I'd just love to hear your feedback. And like always, I just wish you the very best. Thank you for listening. Spotify has a great app where you can leave a message for me. So uh, feel free to communicate with me there. You can DM me on Instagram at newmommy at 40. You can email me at info at newmommy at 40.com. And I'd love to hear from you. So see you next week. Take care of yourself and each other. Okay. Bye for now.